This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You know those people on the internet machine who are all like, look at me, I'm winning at life because I just had a photogenic bagel and I spent Sunday rearranging all my scented candles in alphabetical order. I know we're all supposed to be like, yes, queen, you is winning at being an adult, etc. But I just don't know how I'm supposed to get excited about putting a wash on. You know? Like, I think being an adult is completely boring, largely because no one is ever willing to give you a certificate or a sticker. Imagine if after doing your tax return or setting up a direct debit, someone gave you a lollipop. Imagine how happy you'd be. Yes, I'm back. Episode two, season six. What of it? Actually, what what of it? Thank you. Now, listen, I spent the weekend in a place called York. Mm. It's in the north of England for international listeners, or those of you listening to this in London, because I know you're so fucking ignorant, you haven't got an idea about the geography of the country. Anyway, it's about as far as the Romans got before, well, before they got quite lazy and realised it was very wet and there was better pizza in Italy. Anyway, it's got Roman walls around it, which you can walk around. One side quite old-fashioned at the other side sheer drop absolute fucking sheer drop not a fucking bit of health and safety in those days anyway i'm just about to come down the staircase on said historic wall and i see a family kind of walking up middle class family i love you find me being a nice person i stand to the side petering off a sheer drop petering hmm they get to the top, I'm there, I'm poised with a smiley face, waiting for them to say, thank you very much, thank you, thank you so much for poising yourself on the wall. Did they fuck? They just all looked at me like I was about to fucking invade York with a Celtic clan, and they just walked past. And I haven't been able to let go of it. Ah, fucking dare they. Ah, the goodness of my own heart to fucking wait on the top of a staircase for these posh... Anyway... Last week was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, we've broken the seal. We've we've essentially popped our legs on either side of the podcast speculum and we are now waiting to be observed. <laughs> if you've just tuned in and you're like, what the hell have I just 
just walked in on, who the fuck are you? And how the fuck does this work? Well, let me tell you, you could do me a favour and just listen to one of the other 60-odd episodes in which I explain it, because it's not that fucking hard to work out, to be fair. If over the course of the next 40 minutes you hear something that stirs you, Julia Waters, that makes you feel like I want to join in, well, the number to dial will be coming up shortly, so fucking hold your horses, please. Don't panic. Don't have to DM me, send me a fucking tweet. How do I call in the show? Just listen to the show and it will tell you what to do, please, Dale. Lovely. Anyway, Debbie. Oh, God, she's fucking back, isn't she? Debbie. Stop that, Debbie. Debbie. How many times have I told you, you cannot use the cheese grater on your fucking hard skin? Especially when I'm trying to fucking record this thing for the ladies and gentlemen and the peoples at homes, okay? Debbie, put it down. Debbie, you have to stop using kitchen utensils on your feet, okay? That is the last time. Look at me. This is your last verbal warning before I take it to HR, okay? Debbie, behave. Press play. Thank you. Are you Scotty, love? It's that JRF here. Hello, how are you? Are you Tim? Are you Kat? Are you Maya? And how are you doing, producer Debbie? Lots of news. Beginning of January, I got an official diagnosis that I'm autistic. Thank Christ. I got awarded a, a gardening with disabilities grant. Yeah, I know. I'm going to get myself a little shed and some tools. It's very exciting. Very excited about getting a shed. It's like a Wendy house for tools. Other news, <laughs> quite by chance, I was nodding off one night and I thought, do you know what? I'll Google my granny's house, just, you know, just for shits and gigs. It turns out it was sold in March 2018. Um, sorry, May 2018. I was like, oh gosh, all right, yeah. And there was the spec online and, and uh, it was all ripped clean. And I thought, that must mean my granddad's dead, my paternal granddad. No, my maternal granddad, sorry. And sure enough, he died in 2017, and not one single cunt in my family, granted I'm estranged to them, decided to tell me. Lol. So they've been processing that. (laughs) And another very sad thing was that my one-legged trans elder neighbour, Kelly, passed on the 7th of January, uh, very suddenly. And it's been really... Sorry, the cuckoo's going off in the background. It's 10 o'clock. Are you done? Come on, wrap it up. I want to talk about Kelly. Sorry, lads. So, yeah, um, Kelly's gone. And it's really weird because I've lived on this stair since 2014. And I've seen Kelly probably every day I've lived here. And also, she was a very openly queer trans woman. You know, she was quite happy to tell people she was gay. She was quite happy to tell people she was trans. And it's it's a very strange thing, because I know that for a long time, the majority of her family didn't speak to her. And it's very odd, because I reached out to the family, and also the family came to collect her possessions and things. I don't know, it's it's very sad because a lot of people in this area have been very affected by her passing and the street feels very quiet without her in it. And because I've been out in my garden doing gardening, everyone comes to now talk to me and that's fine, but I can't give them any answers because the family haven't given me any answers. And I mean, the family can grieve in whatever way they please, of course, but the neighbours have been left wondering what happened. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of Marys in this area, but they're not visible, let's say, like myself and Kelly. And I feel I've lost my little visible queer community here. But anyway, this message is going on for five odd minutes. So yeah, grants, diagnoses and death. Lots of love and light to you all. And a big kiss from that JRF. Oh, Nana's back. Doesn't that warm your cockles, though, to be fair, everybody? I mean, before we get on to what she was on about, doesn't it warm your cockles to know that she's back and she's doing as best as she can? 
Oh, Nana Jara, thank you so much for joining the party again. And with the trademark cuckoo clock. Lovely. So endearing, isn't it? That was like popping to your nan's house for a quick brew, wasn't it? Um, I want to pick up on diagnoses, all of them, because, I mean, God forbid we only had one each, babe. Do you know what I mean? We've got about 12 between us. Should be like pogs. Do you remember pogs when you were a kid that you used to collect? Pogs were like those little discs and all coveted. You could get really glam ones as well, couldn't you? Anyway, I feel, like I said in the lead-in there, wouldn't it be lovely if we got a certificate with a diagnosis? When I first got a diagnosis, I thought... Sorry, is, is that it? So you're just going to say, you are this. Where's the fanfare? Where is the patch that I can sew onto my bikini? Absolutely nothing, is there? It's quite the anticlimax of diagnosis, because you're like, okay, cool, so things now make sense. Give me something to prove it so I can show off. Nothing. Paul Kelly, RIP. And how lovely for you to come in here and share that at a difficult time for you and yours families are complex aren't they when I was thinking about your story about your relationship with your family think about my own relationship with my family which is now good great better than it has been well to my immediate family I've got family I just don't talk to as well and I think my mum always tries for us to talk but you can't make a relationship can you some people you just don't particularly like. And there's a lot of people in my family that I'm like, I don't know if I need to like you. And I think that's always something we always need to bear in mind. This idea, we're supposed to be so enthralled with our own family. No, they can actually do more damage than it's worth. So that was the overarching thing I took away from that. The story about Kelly really just reminds me about our queer elders the disappearance of queer elders. Because quite often, well, I'm I'm saying this from my own perspective, actually, and I don't know whether this is universally true, but quite often we have an experience where you might meet somebody or somebody might be a regular in a sort of queer space, usually a pub or something like that, and then they just suddenly disappear. And we never really have had the relationships with them in which you're like pop around for tea or you know they're just that person that you see at the end of the bar they might just be familiar by sight but you always say hello and then that disappearance I think back at the Mary's that I used to know when I was working behind the pub at the Black Cap I used to pull pints in an iconic drag bar in North London and there are people who used to talk Polari at the end of the bar I used to be so enthralled by them and you just don't know what happens to them So I'm glad you've had Kelly in your life. I think that's the one thing we always always have to remember is that in death there is loss, but we also should retain what they gave us in life. There we go. It's lovely to have you back in the room, babe. Hi, Scotty. It's Holly calling from North Carolina. I'm calling you from the parking lot of my local library where I'm about to go in and pick up two books, one on burnout and one on repairing my microbiome. And if that's not a cry for help, I really don't know what is. I've been feeling so tired and so burnt out with my job lately. I'm a PhD student, and it's uh, it's almost about time for me to graduate and start applying for jobs. And I, oh, it's the imposter syndrome and the doubt. It's all creeping in on me. So I feel like I need to work very hard to be the best that I can be when it comes time for me to send out all these job applications. And it's just, anyways, um, I'm so happy that you're back, you know, another little daily dose of, or weekly, I wish you came out daily. Yeah, so thankful that you're back. And so thankful to hear from everybody in the pub. Thanks so much for all you do. Okay. bye. Holly from North Carolina, you're back. Isn't that lovely? Gorgeous. Oh, we're having some familiar faces walk into the pub today. Now, I'm going to have to Google something because when you said you were going to a library, I thought, how modern and also how old fashioned. A library. Do you remember such things? People who are listening in England, do you remember what libraries were before they were all shut down by the Tories? Essentially, what the Tories are doing in this country is very Henry VIII with the monasteries, isn't it? They just prefer to shut down libraries, hospitals and essential services where Henry VIII just didn't like religion. I mean, (laughs) there you go. 
when you said I'm repairing my microbiome, I thought, I ain't got a clue, so I'm going to have to Google it. Here we go. And microbiome, microbiome, I think you said that, I don't know, microbiome. The importance of your microbiome. The human microbiome is the aggregate of the microbiome. Something in your body? It's a collection, a community of microorganisms such as bacteria. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, there you go. There's a bit of bacteria for you. Fungi, mushrooms, and viruses. I am none the wiser about what you're trying to repair and why you're trying to do it in a library. But if it's something to do with your body, I mean, I know you're saying you're getting a PhD and stuff, but I would say here, as somebody who has used a library, I'm not sure they're going to be able to improve your mushrooms in a public library. But, I mean, you know better than me, because you got the letters PhD after your name, well, you might do. What does PhD stand for? PhD, doctor. Professor, human doctor. Oh, I don't know. Listen, when it comes to all of these things about the pressures that we're putting on ourselves, Holly, I'm just going to tell you as it is. You be yourself. You tell them you like dog walks. You like walking on the beach. And don't tell them the bit about when you like call me from your car. Because I just, I don't think that's something that you should lead with. Anyway, Holly, please let us know what a macabre is. And tell us more about how you repair it. Many thanks. Hello, Scotty, Tim, Maya and Kat. It's a spooky scouser here. How are you? Happy New Year. Uh, I just enjoy the chat about non-monogamy because I'm not a non-monogamous person. I'm very much a monogamous person and I feel like I have very much misunderstood non-monogamy until this point. So thanks for educating me. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I'm not against (laughs) non-monogamy. It's just it doesn't fit for me. Um, I just wanted to make that clear. I do actually have a couple of questions I forgot to mention. One, do you like scouse? That's like a basically a gravy-based meal. But it's like a stew. Just wondered. And uh, what about pie? So, like the gravy inside the pie. I know extra gravy would be a bit too much for you. but the gravy inside the pie surely has to be there and when you have a pie do you have chips with it because that the gravy's going to get on your chips when you cut the pie open spooky scouser hello thank you so much for your pertinent questions now item number one on your agenda non-monogamy i'm glad it's done some things for you I mean, it hasn't, but, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to say it has, because, you know, you haven't got the right to respond, and I am audacious. <laughs> now, this is the thing, whenever we talk about non-monogamy, the thing I always like to remind people, it's like when we talk about homosexuality, just because we can be advocates for it, it don't mean we're trying to brainwash everybody. <laughs> I'm really okay with some people being bland. <laughs> But no, in all honesty, like, it's just another way. And I think that's what we always need to remember when we're talking about these things, all these experiences, all these ways of being that feel new to us. I totally hear your statement is coming from a place where you want to make it very clear you're not being judgmental. But it's, yeah, it is just another way. You know, to be monogamous isn't to be better at doing relationships. To be non-monogamous isn't better at being in relationships. It just is another way that makes sense to people. And I think non-monogamy has been around for ages. You know, I think we all think this like this new, like, oh my God, how rebellious. No, girl, it's been around for a while, sweetheart. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, I was telling very camp there. Disgusting behaviour. Now, on to Gravygate. Oh, I knew this was going to open a whole fucking series of questions. I'd like to think there were other people out there that weren't that fond of gravy. It's not just me. Please come forward if that is you. With Scouse, yes. Now, people might not know what Scouse is. We often call people who are from Liverpool Scousers. And they're called this because of a dish which I think is Norsk. Um, it's sort of an amalgamation of like Norsk und Irish. It's a bit like an Irish stew, but if you say that to a scouser, they get very touchy about it. Do I like scouse? Yes, but I think the gravy needs to be thick to hold it together with a pie. 
This is the same thing. Your observations are correct. The wetness with inside the pie suffices. Do I have chips with that? Of course I don't. I come from London. It's mash. You have pie and mash. It's not pie and chips. I know Northerners are absolutely fucking obsessed with chips that they'll have it with fucking everything. But do you know what? Treat yourself. Have it with fucking mash. See how your life improves. Hello, Scotty. This is Maggie calling from sunny Barcelona. Um, I just woke up this morning and and was thinking about my brother because yesterday he sent a photo of himself with his brand new car looking quite proud. Doesn't sound like such a big deal, really, especially because we're both in our 50s. But it actually made me feel so proud of him. He's a recovering addict. And I'm going to say like he contracted this disease because it really is a disease. He contracted this disease um, in his early 20s. And from then on, it was just a complete spiral of addictions heroin crack alcohol the lot his girlfriend died tragically and then he took that on somehow as his fault and spent you know years terrible years punishing himself and it was a huge problem for all of us not just him for, you know the family everyone it was awful anyway um yesterday he sent me this lovely photo and it's testament to how you can turn your life around with a lot of determination and lots and lots of love and support, both professional, thanks to AA, the 12-step programme. They were brilliant. And and his family and friends, you know, we've all stopped by him and, and I'm so proud of him. Anyway, he's got a great job, lovely flat. And now he's got this, you know, this flash new car, which makes me laugh. I'm standing here looking at my old banger of a Citroen Berlingo. Looks like an old farmyard vehicle. <laughs> anyway, um, I just wanted to share that as... We just so often hear the sad stories, don't we? And um, very seldom hear the ones with happy endings. So I just thought I'd share that with you. Glad to hear you back, Scotty. Cheers. Bye. Oh, Maggie, it's been a while since you called in from España. Buenos dias. How are you? Como te amo? Is that right? Have I said it right? No, I just asked you what your name was. <laughs> it's far too in the morning for me to be barely speaking English, let alone trying to work out what I'm saying. Espanol. Okay, absolutely solidarity with the addiction here. Oh, first off, are you still doing the fishes? I'm sure that's you. Listeners, cast your mind back. I think Maggie called us maybe... Season two, season three, talking about fishes. I think you work with fishes. Maybe I've made this all up. Maybe maybe I'm completely misgendering you with the fishes here. Anyway, I hope the fishes, wherever you are in Barcelona, are doing well. (laughs) Solidarity with the Absolutely Addiction chat here. As many long-time listeners will know, I've had many a brush many a brush with an addiction and continue to have a dialogue with addiction because that's the thing. I don't think it is curable. And I think this is universal, actually. I think you constantly live with the relationship with whatever it is. Because as we know, addiction can be a very broad church in terms of what it is you are addicted to, what it is that you are self-medicating with. Um, AA didn't work for me. The rooms didn't work for me, OA, etc. OANAAA, because uh, the religious stuff I find very difficult as a recovering Catholic, as somebody who's like got so much shame entwined in faith to constantly be told to look to your higher power, I found difficult. But I know that it is being the saving grace for a lot of my pals to be able to hand over the responsibility of addiction to something else so yeah I think it you know I think it is an amazing tool if it works for you it works for you doesn't it um I found counseling to be super helpful and therapy and I'm not gonna lie medication do you know what I think we have this relationship with meds where people are like well you know you're only supposed to use them for a little time you get off medication no fucking use them for as long as you fucking need because they're there to give you the headspace to do that work so I'm really glad to hear and look posh motor as well so, Maggie, you got to wrap the motor game, babe. <laughs> anyway, I hope that's you with the fishes. I hope I've remembered you right. Something to do with farming or something. Maybe that's not fishes at all. How do you farm a fish? Well, we're opening up a whole bunch of questions there. If you know how to farm a fish, get in touch. 
Coming up, we have the return of Lovebird's Soul and Mar, and a new caller shares their plant pot of shame. Oh, God forbid. But before that, we often talk about this gaff being a pub. Um, so why don't you buy us a pint or three? Come and join us over on the Patreon where you can give us, you know, five pounds or more a month to keep this place going. And perhaps you could keep this place going for someone who uses it on the daily. I got a message this week from someone who says that they listen to the podcast every night when they go to bed um, for company, which I thought was very endearing. So, you know, you can help keep this place going for people that use this in more ways than one. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Now, serious mummy voice now serious mummy voice i know it's the start of a new season i know you all love to listen but if you don't join in if you don't call there's no fucking show so get your phones out please and tell me how you are what you're doing what you're thinking what you're feeling who you've been feeling (laughs) or else i will shut up this shop and everyone's fun will be over okay and it will be 100% your fault. Okay, Kathy? Or John or Paul? Any of those three names that are listening, it will be your fault. So open up the WhatsApp, send me a voice note to this number. 0788 Right, let's get back to the show. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya. Happy LGBTQ plus history month. February. Uh, I'm Adam. And I'm Tash. And we are from the Logbooks podcast. Which is all about telling untold stories from Britain's LGBTQ plus history based on the calls to the helpline switchboard, which started back in 1974. So we wanted to ring you to tell you about some of our favourite stories from the podcast after all three seasons, because we've finished making our third and final season now and I think my favourite story is the one from the early days of internet dating when someone called Harry uh, met someone online and then they hooked up in an Asda toilet down the road (laughs) and don't forget the double-ended dildos Adam of course how could I so that's a great story too Um, yeah happy LGBT history month yeah anyway bye bye Oh, lovely little mention there from a sibling podcast, The Logbooks. Hello, Adam and Tash. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you very much. Uh, Now, if you don't know what The Logbooks is, what are you doing with your life? Stop everything now. Well, actually, stop everything after this podcast. You've got to listen to this one first, okay? And also, if you just stopped it right there, you wouldn't know what I was about to say. So don't stop it there. Okay, I think we've covered that. Now, The Logbooks is a really beautiful, very heartwarming, also quite funny. (laughs) Quite funny. Not as funny as me, actually. Okay, it's not competition. It's community. Okay, Scotty, calm down. Podcast, as they say, looking at The Logbooks at the switchboard. Now, back in the day, I used to know the switchboard when I was a kid as the lesbian gay switchboard, which used to be up the road from me where I grew up. And of course, with the changing times and more inclusive language, it's now called Switchboard. And this is just such a lovely, little, delicate, kind, caring, really revealing moment of queer history. And of course, it is queer. Well, I like to call it, they call it LGBTQ plus history month. I like to call it queer history month because, well, I just do. Full disclaimer, I've got nothing against saying all of the letters that are a part of our culmination of communities of gendered, non-gendered, sexual and non-sexual identities coming together. Um, but I just, I don't, there's something unibrella, um, I meant to say umbrella, there's something like the umbrella warmth of uh, saying queer that always makes me feel like I'm being more generous, actually. Anyway, by the by, the logbooks, you can listen to it anywhere that you get your podcasts. And uh, wasn't that lovely to have Adam and Tash drop in? Hi, Scotty. Hi to all the gang. Hi to everyone in the room. It's Fran here. Just thought I'd send a little voice note as I'm waiting for the train. Yeah, I know. How weird. I have an actual boyfriend. I also realised how ridiculous I sounded. But it's just very alien. And I keep... I don't know if anyone else has this, but I keep sort of waiting for it to go wrong or waiting for him to turn out to be an absolute cunt i do deserve good things i know i do but also not wanting to self-sabotage like i've I've been battling that a little bit of being like i can see my old habits of like me not effectively communicating 
why I'm upset and not necessarily with him but just in general just being very like not wanting to come across as needy or not wanting to come across as unstable I'm like come on he knows he knows I'm a mental but and actually him apologizing when he's not even been out of line but just been a bit arsy or whatever it's so alien and yeah the bar is very low like scarily low but I'm working hard at not turning that in on myself and making that the new thing to use to beat myself up with, if that makes sense. Like, it's a, yeah, it's a lot. I'm going to keep it vague at the Mediterranean because there's a little bit of gossip, but I can't tell you about it yet. Yeah, the other thing I thought I'd bring to the bring to the room and share with everyone is um, really miserable at my job and my boss got fired because he, I also knew him outside of work, he revealed my personal private history and past issues with drinking drugs and claimed that I was about to have a breakdown and that they'd seen this behaviour before, even though he's my best friend's boyfriend and he hasn't seen this behaviour before. But anyway, <clears throat> long story. But I stood up for myself. I think this is what I'm trying to say to you guys. Genuinely, it felt like my entire life's worth of therapy paid off for this moment. I was like in control and yet so angry, but articulated it perfectly. Was still Fran, but wasn't sort of reactionary, explosive, lashing out Fran. Was just very much like, this is what you've done. This is how it's made me feel. And this is what's happening going forward. And it was just the most intense feeling and I think I'm still like exhausted from it but I can actually say I was really proud of myself for the first time in what nearly 29 years I like effectively communicated when I was that angry all of that and he's the one that lost his job because it basically came down to me or him and the owner chose me now in that that being said I'm working my ass off, I'm doing too many hours and I'm not doing enough self-care and I don't think I actually want the job now. I guess what I'm asking the room is, has anyone else had a thing where just because you're capable of doing something and just because you're doing it doesn't mean that you need to carry on doing it? Like, I don't need to prove anything to anyone. I'm very tired. I'm quite overwhelmed. Anyone else just need a good cry? But don't even really have the time. Oh, lovely Fran. Wow, so much for us to respond to there. But the first thing I want to do... Boundaries. Absolute round of applause for the boundaries that you have enacted there. Um, vague Mediterranean boyfriend is is the boyfriend's name. Excellent. I want to focus in first on the relationship and the things that you said around that, around your expectation of yourself, your fears of what the boyfriend might feel or do or say. And it really reminds me of something that I say quite a lot to current partner boyfriend who... I often remind that we will disappoint each other. You know, when you have those moments where you like, you might disappoint each other, you make each other hurt, or you might be sad, or, you know, you might want to talk about something. I'm like, this is good. It is okay that we disappoint each other. It is okay that we don't always live up to each other's expectations. It's okay to have these conversations to be like, this thing, this situation, this didn't make me feel great. This isn't the thing that I want. This has made me feel this way. Because the proof in the pudding is how you have the conversation. So I just really want to like, if I was sat opposite you and I was kind of giving you very informal from my own personal experience advice, not saying this is how you live your life around here, but I would say it's okay. It's all right. Because I think the pressure of you worrying about that you're going to fuck up or that something's going to go wrong is going to inhibit you and therefore your relationship. And so, you know, like, just be present, enjoy it, enjoy being there, enjoy the enjoyness. Do you know what I mean? I think so much when we're nutters, we can get so caught up in worrying about how we are seen, perceived and what our actions are doing, because we're so used to being so critical of ourselves. That's something that I'm always trying to remind myself to do is just be present and, you know, just try to be a nice person and try to be decent and try to be an open communicator. Because I think once you're trying to do all of those things, you're just trying your best. And that's the best that anyone can hope for, is that you're trying your best. 
Um, absolute boundaries there with your ex-boss. And I'm really glad that you've been able to identify that and advocate for yourself. As we know, I've spoke about that a lot. Advocating for yourself can be a fucking nightmare, can't it? Just, you know, like, I think it's easier, personally, to go through life with people pissing you off and taking the piss than it is sometimes to say, please don't do that. I think my therapist once said boundaries, like enacting proper boundaries... It's about when you say how you think you feel, what you need and what actions that you need to sort of stop without any fear about what those you're telling think, feel or what happens to them. And that's what you've done here. You've advocated for yourself, even in light of, oh my God, how difficult is it to think that this is your best friend's, (gasps) pardon me, your best friend's partner. That's a lot. So, I mean, 10 points, actually. Um, but you've given the room some questions. Does anyone feel like they need to cry? But also, about capability there. Just because you're capable, does it mean you have to? If you want to join in on this conversation with Fran here, you know what to do. Pick up the blower and send us a little voice note on the WhatsApp. Nice to hear from you, Fran. Hello, Scotty. Hi, Scotty. This is Mar and Sol. <laughs> it's been a while since we last we were in Mexico. Yeah, we're in Isla Mujeres and in a honeymoon uh, situation. And now we're no longer in a honeymoon situation. We're in a married situation. <laughs> How does that happen? How does that happen? And so yeah, and from Isla Mujeres we um, went back to Chile, Chile and, and then we moved with dogs and and child and child. And here we are, married and... In the um, mountains of North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> Y'all. And yeah, we, we are living in uh, with the bears and the deers and the, and foxes, the foxes and a, lo- <laughs> and a lot of crows. No, not crows. Are what? you talking about the neighbours? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the neighbours that want our dogs to shit... In uh, plastic bags <laughs> because it's tidier. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, that's why we're actually want to talk about that's this. That's the main subject. Yeah, of that's this our call. main yes. subject. Should our dogs have plastic bags incorporated? You know, because in suburbia requires yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, we live in a really nice place. The problem isn't the place. Sometimes <laughs> it's the people. I don't know. Anyway, apart from that, North Carolina is amazing. It's got... Love it here. Yeah, it's got really nice people. It's a little bubble within a bubble, really, isn't it? That's why we like it. All the queer people live in Asheville, and that's where we live. And all the others that I don't want to name live outside of Asheville. (laughs) In their own bubble. In their own bubble. Let's not burst their bubble. (laughs) We definitely do not want to burst their bubble. No poking. (laughs) So we don't poke much around there, but we stay around here. And... um, yeah. What about you? <laughs> yeah, we, we we would love to know what you're up to. And um, no, we just wanted to say hi, actually. And hi so. to all the beautiful people that and, uh, are listening to yes. this. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> I love this podcast so much because I just do. Oh, my God. The best. This is just the best. Hello, Mar and Soul. It's been a while. But uh, do you know what? I love the fact. You know what I'm like for a call from a far-flung place. I loved, I really remember that call where you called in from Mexico, as you were saying. And you you could just hear how intensely in love you were and how beautiful it is to see and hear how intensely in love you still are. It gives us a lot of hope and a lot of joy, particularly a lot of queer love and a, a lot of queer joy um so thank you so much congratulations on your mariage congratulations on your relocation and your life that you seem to be like acing you seem to be having such a lovely time although bears what the fuck are you doing in a place with bears get the fuck out let me just tell you all of this wildlife shit no 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 thank you no 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 bears we're not talking gay bears here. I know we're not talking fat hairy Marys. We are talking, you know, Winnie the Pooh, but less nice. We're talking big fucking airy monsters that want to come and have a look around your kitchen and eat your chicken. I, I've just assumed that you meet is you probably not because you sound interesting. Anyway. <laughs> I love the read. The absolute read is like. This is where all the queer people live and this is where other people live. <laughs> oh, 
wonder if you know my friend Holly from North Carolina. <laughs> now I know that's a very UK based thing to say because I know North Carolina is a big place, but North Carolina seems to be where it's at. Holly's fixing Holly's microbiome somewhere within the state. I was going to call it a county. God, how English would that be? The county of North Carolina. Um, and uh, you slot uh, somewhere in Asheville, I think you said, you know, doing what you do in Asheville. Now, to answer your question about dogs, if your neighbours have got problems with your dogs pooing and they want plastic bags to be attached to their assholes, I think you can give them all authority from me to say they too should also have, if they want dogs to live by this rule, then your neighbours have got to live by it too. They have got to have plastic bags attached to their own assholes. And by asshole, I mean mouth because they're talking shit. It's a dog. I tell you what to do. Just out of spite, what I would do is let my dog shit all over their fucking garden. Let, do you know what? Let them shit. Actually, I don't know if you should do that in America. People have got guns, didn't they? <laughs> That's the one thing about America. You're like... Oh, yeah, people have got guns. Okay, maybe don't. But do you know what? They're just dogs. They're just dogs being fucking dogs, aren't they? So you enjoy your dogs being dogs. I'll tell you what, you have got other things to be thinking about right now, which is each other. And it is so... i tell you what, my takeaway from this call is just the absolute joy in hearing a queer relationship thrive and survive. Because I think so much of dominant discourse I think the children call it in the community is around dysfunctional relationships and the stuff and that isn't to take away from that and say that that isn't valid and but it is it's lovely to have a moment of joy so I'm sitting here absolutely beaming listening to you lot Mar and Sol thanks for beaming in don't leave it as long next time please in a bit so on Wednesday, I decided to go for a fabulous um, lunch at a gorgeous Vietnamese place, which I often frequent. Um, and it was beautiful. I ordered my usual, had a great time. Um, and then I just went back to work, went about my day, came home, made dinner. I made um, pasta with garlic bread and salad. It was beautiful. Um, then I had a yogurt. And about um, five minutes after my yogurt, Start to feel a bit of rumbling in my tummy. Start to feel a bit bubbly, to be honest. Um, and I get that feeling of okay, I I will need a I'll need a shit soon. But it's nothing worrying at this point. And then I, I get up to go go to the toilet, but I hear my housemate Liam shaving his hair and he's singing along to the latest Kim Petras Petra song. Um, my coconuts, you can put them in your mouth. So I think, okay, all right, it won't be long, and it's not that desperate. So we'll go sit back down, sit back down, still, still a bit bubbly. Um, and I, I, I just fancied a second yogurt, so I had the second yogurt. I've got Tinder Swindler on. Have you seen Tinder Swindler? Shocking. Um, by the end of the second yogurt, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is getting to be a bit urgent now getting to be a bit urgent so uh, i finished the yogurt um go and see if the bathroom bathroom's empty liam's now in the shower now liam takes long showers quite a tall lady six foot seven he is so i'm I, I you know i'm a little bit worried at this point but i think ultimately oh i can wait 20 minutes i can do that and so i go sit back down hoping for the best and it's it's not going well um, and I've realised that I might have to come up with a plan B here out the corner of my eye I see a little plant pot I've realised that that's probably my best bet so just as a precautionary measure I take the plant out the plant pot and I go into my bedroom at this point I'm breathing deeply and I'm telling myself I can make it, I can wait 10 more minutes, it becomes apparent that I'm not going to make it, and I have to make a choice. I shit in this plant pot, or I shit myself in my own home. I chose the first option, and out it came, like a bubbling lava flow from hell. Um, the smell was bad. It was horrendous. I did my dirty deed. 
I'd wipe my arse on a napkin that was in my room and stood there in shame, put the plant pot on the window and I tried to cover it up with the lid of a scented candle. So yeah, then I go sit back down, filled with shame, put the tinder swindler back on anyway. That's my tale of my poo shame in my own home. You lot are not the full ticket, are you? (laughs) I would like to start this off by saying... (laughs) This is nothing to do with the cuisine of Vietnam. Okay, I'm just putting that out there because... Okay. (laughs) Just as... (laughs) think the poo stories, as hideous as they are, are often the moments I love the most in this gaff. I've got so many questions. Did this plant pot have a hole in the bottom? You know, there is drainage in plant pots. (laughs) Is it still there? How did you get rid of... (laughs) So many questions... Was it a branded napkin? (laughs) Too many questions. Excellent story. 10 out of 10. Thank you so much for sharing that. It sort of reminded me of when I first went to Glastonbury. And, um, you know, it's very much in the throes of addiction, shall we say. Let's not glamorise the experience. But I was having a good time, but very addicted. Um, And I got so scared of leaving the tent because I thought somebody was talking to me that I had a shit in... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just shit in a, in a plastic bag. And it, so it brought me back to memories of that. <laughs> so look, you share and I share. The Tinder Swindler. Oh my God, I watched that last night. <gasps> oh, I was so angry and livid. But if you've watched it, the last one, you know, no spoilers here, but oh, irons his clothes, that one. I was like, you are the person I want to be in my life. Those are the boundaries that I would like to have in my life. So, yeah, if you've got any thoughts around telly, I am absolutely loving telly at the moment. Anyway, by the by, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, caller, for your wonderful, elaborate poo story there. 10 out of 10. This is going to go in the file with the call from last season of The Shower. (laughs) The Shower the plant pot maybe you want to add to the collection (laughs) you know what to do (laughs) oh we've had a lovely time today we've been here there and everywhere haven't we we've been to north carolina and to north carolina (laughs) it's lovely having some of the regulars back and some new voices some updates from people gorgeous i hope that has stirred you to pick up the phone and give us a call first off little announcement on the notice board um are you our internet friend um sorry do you think you're too cool to follow us on the internet do you think that we're just like a bunch of weird geeks that you should be uh, you should definitely be following us we are on the instagram on the twitter make sure you're our friend because otherwise what are you doing with your life (laughs) and also while we're at it don't be a lazy tit join in the chat come on i believe in you listen i'm not horrible we have a lovely little chat you don't have to say anything that interesting look at today's show All you got to do is open up WhatsApp and send us a little voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. Come on, join in. Let's have a gossip. It'd be lovely to hear from you, particularly people we haven't heard from before, people in different places. You know me. I'm very pleased to be here, evidently. So that's your lot. That's what you you came for. (laughs) Listen, I tell you what, if anyone's horrible to you this week for no reason, you can tell them from us that if they carry on being a horrible person to you, we will go round there and we'll shit in their plant pots. (laughs) 
because that's what we do around here. Listen, keep on laughing, crying, oversharing and joining in because I'll tell you what, my soul today feels very warmed for having a chat with all of you bitches. So until next week, see you on the other side in a bit. After the Tone is hosted by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis, digital producer Kat Prill. After the Tone is a Debbie's production production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 